Hi, I'm Julie Hansen, and you are listening to possibly the best named podcast in the business, The Sassholes. Welcome to Sassholes, a show dedicated to issues within the software as a service industry. We are revenue ops with a edge. Not bad. Jamie, Jason, KG, and myself, Pete, have a combined 100 years of making interesting decisions. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Today, our guest is Julie Hansen with an E. Julie is a virtual selling thought leader and the author of three sales books, Look Me in the Eye, using video to build relationships with customers, partners, and teams. It was named a top sales book of 2021. Way to go, Julie. Act Like a Sales Pro and Sales Presentations for Dummies. I think I like that title. Through her workshops, coaching, and selling on Video Masterclass, Julie helps sales leaders and teams to leverage video in a way that drives sales. In addition to a successful career in sales and leadership, Julie worked as a professional actress, appearing in over 75 plays, commercials, films, and television shows, including, Jamie, your favorite show, HBO Sex in the City. But before we get to Julie, we got a sponsor for the show. NeuroNoodle, hey parents and athletes, get a doodle of their noodle, which is a brain map before the season starts, so you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens. Hey, you get a physical every year, right? Well, get a mental physical. Get a brain checkup now, NeuroNoodle.com. KG. It should just pick on Jamie. He missed last week. I missed the last couple weeks. Well, you can kind of both play. I'll start with you, Jamie. Jamie. What, <laughs> Pete? Two windmills are standing in the field. One asks the other, what kind of music do you like? The other one says, I'm a big metal fan. <laughs> hey, KG. Yes. The other windmill oh, turns to the other and says, hey, do you like blowing in the wind? The other replies, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Leave us some comments on our blog at sassholes.net. Got any shout outs, KG? I do. God, the dad The dad jokes get me every time. I'm reading him right in the show notes, and I say to myself, that's a stupid joke, and then I laugh every time. Okay. Um, just more just more for me to edit. Keep going. I, now I love it. Um, all right, I got uh, a shout-out here to Jumpin' Joe McCarthy. Happy birthday, Joe McCarthy. Used to work together at business.com. Uh, we call him Jumpin' Joe McCarthy, an all-around fun guy. Uh, congratulate Tretton Platt for being promoted to director of performance marketing at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Big deal there. Now that they're opening back up again, that's good, uh, good stuff there. And congratulations to Robin Morocco. We used to work together at ZipRecruiter. She got promoted to VP of inside sales at ZipRecruiter. And then finally, my good friend, Tom Odegarden, he just got promoted to VP of people at ZipRecruiter. He taught me what it really meant to have a partner in human resources. So there you go, Ooh, Pete. Not bad. Oh, look, magically, Jamie Carney has some shout-outs. <laughs> yeah, I got some in there, right? You, yeah. I, like I want to give him a promotion. Uh, he got promoted to uh, Senior Ops Manager at RD, RB, RMB Capital. Two-year anniversary to a uh, former coworker of mine, Chris Michaud, funny guy. And another former coworker of ours, Chris Shelley, just recently got promoted to CRO, Chief Revenue Officer at Frank Connect. Thank you. Hey, uh, Carney, you talking uh, through a walkie-talkie? I'm talking through my wireless headset. I apologize. I thought I brought my wired one. Did you get it it with a Groupon? Keisha Shams (laughs) for starting a new position as Enterprise Sales Director at SPINS. 
Matthew Witt, starting new position as senior analyst, capital investments at Equity Lifestyle Properties. Tony Waugh for five years at Pop Menu. Kevin Jolay, three years at KDRO Consulting. And my boy Casey Erlocker, seven years at Inglewood Construction. You know Erlocker, don't you, Carney? The son of Brian Erlocker. In fact, I'm in a wedding with Casey Erlocker. Or his brother. His brother was invited, but he couldn't make it. But I've been, he was was an usher to my friend's wedding. Casey is the brother. I know he is. Okay. Said oh, so. did I say son? I meant brother. Sorry. Oh, okay. Very good. Hey, Sarah Longley, VP of Growth at Privetta. Way to go, Longley. Mar- uh, see, Melanie Marinelli, one year at Sprout Social. Tecla Predigo, SPHR, nine years at the Big CB. And Kyle Singles, three years at Cameo. Way to go, Kyle. This time of year, we get a lot of shout outs. It's just that that season. You know what I mean, guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, Julie, KG, how did we uh, get together today? KG, how do you know Julie? Well, actually, this is the first time Julie and I have actually met face-to-face, but I saw that she was um, – actually, my good friend Lori Richardson posted, oh. uh, reposted the announcement of, uh, of Julie's new, uh, new book, and uh, when I read about it, I thought, we have to get her on the, get her on the Sassholes show. So I reached out to her way, way back when, and finally, uh, finally today's the day, but that's, that's it. That's how I know. I know her of legend. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not the biggest legend I've ever heard, but (laughs) it works. It works. It is is pretty hard to get authors on a podcast. Julie had four, four books. Uh, Can you go through the titles for us? Uh, yes. So newest one, look me in the eye using video to build relationships with customers, partners, and teams, uh, sales presentations for dummies, which I got a lot of flack about, even though I think the dummies is brilliant the way we all like those we tactics, love, right? But we, we, we scoff at them, right? Uh, and then my first book was act like a sales pro, which was really about how to use acting skills in the sales profession and, and the, the correlation there and how it can make us better salespeople. Which oh, is writing a new book then? Uh, look me in the eye. Yeah, look me in the eye is the new video. book. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Sure. Which video so, is such a big proponent in today's world. It certainly know? is. It certainly is. And you know, it's interesting. I taught. I've taught presentation skills, demo skills, um, for years. And I would, uh, you know, when I would go to workshops with a lot of SaaS companies, I'd say, okay, how many do remote presentations or demos? And they you know, a percentage would, and I say, okay, how many turn their camera on and be like, oh no, oh no. Like I have tape over my camera just in case I <laughs> slip up and turn it on. It's like, all right. So it was so hard to get people to see the value. And certainly the the switch was flipped with the pandemic. Um, but what happened was I, I realized very quickly that, you know, while we threw all these tools and technology at sales, people like, yeah, just get on Zoom, just get a camera, just get a microphone. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any idea how to talk in this entirely new medium. Mm-hmm. And it was much like as an actor when, you know, most actors, you start out doing theater. Maybe it's different now, but when I did, you started doing theater for a couple of years. And then when I had my first audition for a, a TV show, 
um, you know, I went in just kind of expecting it to be very similar to a theater audition and they start the camera and it's like mm. slate and say your name. And it's like, oh my gosh, what do I look? What do I do with my hands? What do I usually do with my hands? Like just, you know, so awkward. And of course I did not get that part, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did what actors do when they want to move into, you know, acting in front of a camel, which is I took classes to help me learn how to transition uh, and so I saw these salespeople just trying to figure it out on their own or getting really bad advice from people who never worked on camera. And it was confusing. And so I, you know, I started, uh, I put some videos together and did a, created a masterclass, the selling on video masterclass and started coaching salespeople. And mm-hmm. out of that, I, you know, I heard, you know, a thousand salespeople, like their challenges with being on video and it goes beyond, you know, how do I you know, how do I do my lighting or, you know, it's, it's some very videos, mm-hmm. very, um, it, it makes people very vulnerable. We're all, um, most people are very hard on themselves. So it's hard to make improvement because you're so critical. So the book really came out of all those conversations and what, what salespeople really need to know to, to, to do this job that you never went into sales to do, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody went into sales to go uh, be a set designer, an actor, a lighting technician, a director. Here you are, right? So yeah. trying to make yeah. that that job easier well, for them. Here's probably my biggest challenge when it comes to video is eye contact, right? Like, how do you, like, I'm watching you and you're looking right. It looks like you're looking right into my eyes, but I know I'm looking down and slightly to the left of my computer screen because that's where you're located. Right, right. That's such a difficult thing for me to get used to is just looking this way. How do you do you coach anything on that stuff? Because I, I do I have an entire chapter in the book on it and I coach on it. It is it is, you know, it is one of the most counterintuitive skills and that we have to learn. And uh but but it's it's vital because you know that's why the book is called Look Me in the Eye, because we're having all these conversations that are basically like sitting across from somebody you know, having a cup of coffee and looking at your phone, you you know, I would not, if I was pouring my heart out to someone telling them my problems and they were looking down, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think you cared, right. Mm -hmm. Or you were listening or, or I knew what you were doing because we only have this frame. So if you're not looking at the camera, I don't know what you're looking at. And, Mm -hmm. and even though logically we might say, well, he's probably looking at me on their screen. Um, buyers aren't going to make excuses for us. They don't care how hard it is for you. All they know is how they feel. And, you know, relationships are built on emotion, not logic. We're not going to, not going to make it logical, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, that's okay. I know he cares about me. I know he's listening. I know he's mm-hmm. interested. Um, so yes, it's a skill. It's a learned skill. It takes, um, you know, it takes some work and some practice, but I, you know, teach a, a method to do that. And, to practice it because um, it's really, it's one of the most important things you can do mm-hmm. uh, because right now we got a lot of people that are technically connected, but they don't feel connected. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's get super tactical then. Okay. Let's, how, how about uh, five uh, or more real tactical tips that our listeners can take away right away in the first few minutes of, uh, of listening to this podcast on how, how to, you know, get better at, at doing this, you know, five tactical takeaways from your, your newest book. Sure. Sure. So the, you know, the first thing we'll just play on that is, you know, if you're not looking at the camera, you're not connecting with your audience and that's just a fact, right? 
Uh, it relationship experts say you need to make eye contact about two thirds of the time to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's why building relationships virtually is so difficult, right? That's one of the reasons. So um, making sure, just give you a couple of points, make sure that, you know, your camera is as close to, you know, your, your eye line as possible. It's likely not going to be a perfect match. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, you know, you can practice that. And also the, the thing that stops most people from making eye contact is how do I read body language, Right. I mean, because you're looking at the screen because you want to see what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. So until you understand how to read body language and what on-screen body language, how it differs from in-person body language, you're not going to make good eye contact, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, was, I mean, it's not brain science for me to tell you. It's not earth shattering to say, look at the camera. It's like, oh, okay, got it. You won't do it, right? Unless mm-hmm. you understand how are you going to read this body language when do I need to look at the camera? When is it okay to look at the screen? Um, you know, cause there's some key moments where you really want to, you know, think about, uh, you know, making that the only way we make someone feel heard and seen is when we're looking at them. Right. And so mm-hmm. when are those key moments that really, really matter? And those are the times we often want to look at the screen. So knowing how, you know, when to, uh, when to make eye contact for how long and also mm-hmm. to read body language. If you look at, so actually everybody, all you guys look at, look at your camera right now. Don't look at me. All right. Look at your camera. We'll do a little test here. Now I'm going to do a couple things and then I'm going to ask you what you see. (laughs) Yep. You turned to the left. Okay. What'd you see? You went back. All right. Hokey pokey. I did the hokey pokey. Yeah. I, I made some movements. You guys got them all. And you saw that while you were looking at the camera. It was not easy. It was not easy. Because you don't usually, we don't consciously use our peripheral vision that much, but we have it. It's a tool. It's a latent skill that we can use to get, give us some indication of what's happening. Right. And I can, I'm looking at the camera right now and I can still see Pete's beanie that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Easy, right. Easy Kim Jong. Yeah, with the hair. Uh, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, Julie, just elaborating a little bit further, uh, I actually read a book a long time ago because I suck at interviewing. I read a book called <laughs> What Every What Everybody Is Saying. It was a body language book. And I okay. did that so that I could get more tips and skills, sorry, tips and information out of the candidates that I was interviewing by reading their, you know, their body language. Oh. You just brought this, brought this up. And I, I thought, God, that's fascinating. So, you know, how do you how do you feel about that body language when somebody's leaning back or leaning, leaning forward or, you know, covering their mouth, you know, when, yeah. they're, when they're paying, like, how do you read that, that kind of thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. So we, you know, we form a first impression really quickly and it's, you know, so fast that it can't have anything to do with what you say, really, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we form that from like, just how you appear. So this is your stage, right? And so I would say, you know, you have to think of yourself as like an iceberg, when you're on, on video, because uh, when you're in person, you know, people see the whole iceberg, you know, but now they only see the tip of the iceberg. So everything you communicate has to be in this square and it has to be supporting what you're saying. Well, you might be able in person to get away with a really flat, you know, expressionless face, but you've got great energy or body language. Um, that might be okay. That is not 
going to work on video, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we have to be very cognizant of that. And all those things mean something. Like if if we are if we're leaning back, I mean, I might be super interested and engaged, but I just look like I'm not. Like I'm really kicked back. And what happens? I think people have this. Uh, somebody, I don't know. People talk about you know, we'll be on video. Just be yourself. Just be natural. <laughs> and of course. I don't want you to be someone you're not, but I also don't want you to be the you that's leaning back couch, you know, channel surfing on the couch, right? That doesn't read well on, ca- on the camera because the camera, we have to understand how the camera and thus your customer mm-hmm. reads and interprets certain behavior because the camera takes away a lot of your natural energy. Mm-hmm. So people always think they can be very laid back. Well, you're already seated, which is a pretty low energy s- state. And then the camera takes off about, you know, 20% to 30% of your energy. And you don't have that physical energy coming about. You have to actually bring more energy on video for that to, you know, to really connect with the other person. The first um, impression of how interested you are in talking to me is what I see on your face, right? (laughs) And also how I'm positioned. And if I'm positioned here, it's like, oh, hey, great to be here. It's much different than I'm like, Hi, I'm you know so happy to be here. So I would say get in the camera ready position, which is sit straight up. Oh, you guys sit straight up. You have a little lesson here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like hinge forward like fifteen percent. All right, kind of like you're on the edge of your seat and you can't wait to hear what the other person has to say. There you right? go. Now you what don't about- want to go like too you know be a space invader. Of course, that means <laughs> other things. What about Basically standing? That. Do you want standing desks? Would you recommend that? Um, I think standing desks are great. Um, the problem with standing on camera is that very few people can stand still and planted on balanced on both feet. So you see a lot of like cha-cha back and forth. It's, and those movements, um, because we're just in this very small space, any kind of movement is really magnified. It can be so distracting and you know, people just start watching that, you know, if you do something fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> what about Pete's big question? I'm stealing his thunder is pants or no pants. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what you got going on. In your head, right. All right. That's one for Jamie. <laughs> I saw well, well, a, a picture of some uh, company that had everybody come in wearing what they wore on zoom during the pandemic. And it was awesome. People had pajama bottoms, there's shorts and flip-flops. I mean, it wasn't anything, you know, they all had some kind of pants on. Well, I'm well sure the they other, came in with pants. They would have probably been fired if they came in with their real yeah, underwear right. on. <laughs> yes. Pete for sure would have been fired. One would hope. Whatever. So, well, the other thing is if you're going back and forth or slouching, I mean, the, the volume, you know, just editing it, you know, you, right. You, you take away uh, the em- emphasis on the wrong syllable uh, when when you're going in and out. Just a side note. Mm-hmm. But uh, Julie, being a, uh, an actor, you know, one of the things even before this great pandemic, when we had sales teams, we'd always pound over their heads that they should have a script. Do you have any thoughts on having a script uh, before you start a, a video presentation? If so, how, how do you do it? How would you use it? How do you use it? Sure, sure. I have no problem with scripts. I like a good script. I think, you know, there's a lot of people more clever than me in, in writing. And 
Um, that's not the problem. It's not the script's problem. It's that we don't teach people how to read from a script, how mm. to take words that they didn't write, internalize them and deliver them as if they're their own. That is acting. The fact that we don't teach salespeople that is, it's a miracle. Any of them deliver a script and make it sound natural. It really is. So it's, it's, a, it's a skill. It's, it's taking those words off the page. And there's a process that actors go through to learn that script, not like just word, 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 and then spit it out. Mm-hmm. Rehearse. Learn it. But, to re- but they're not rehearsing right. They're rehearsing, did I get that word right? Okay, so this, you were going to save you X, Y, Z. It's, it's why are you saying what you're saying? It's, mm. it's knowing all these things. It's knowing what you're trying to, you know, what's your intention? How do you expect your audience to feel about what you're saying? Those layers that we naturally include when we're just speaking from our hearts mm-hmm. are missing if you get words from someone else. And I think that a script, um, you know, and there's variations of, of how you use a script, certainly as an actor, like, you know, you miss a word and that's not good. We have a lot more flexibility in sales because we're not a director. They're going, hey, hey, the writer has that in there for a reason. You can use, I always say, you know, have some things prepared because especially on video, there are so many things to manage that if you're trying to come up with great questions and tell a story and have an opening and you're just going to leave that to chance, wow, you are just putting so much pressure on yourself. My gosh. Well, first of all, Julie, you're, you're, Pete and I are like two old school dyed in the wool inside sales guys. We grew up on scripts and mm-hmm. scripts have become such four letter words these days. And people say, well, you have to have plays, you know, run plays. Well, scripts don't work, you know, scripts don't. Well, what I always used to say was, you know, script, scripts don't work because you don't make them your own. And what I, what I learned, which is what you're saying here is that I observed that there was actually three, three levels. I hand you the script and you read the script. Okay. Now you're just reading. You don't know what you're doing, but you're just reading the, reading the script. And I would watch salespeople read the script for the first time. Then they would get to level two and level two was memorizing the script. They could put the script down and they Mm. could actually say the words. But the third level was the Nirvana that you're talking about, which is this, this internalization and understanding. And that was sort of like, you know, breaking the matrix, you know, they, they were able to say, Oh, now I understand why this is the way it is. And now you can, you can interchange the parts and you can use the, your own words and you can interpret it the way, the way, you know, you understand it to convey it to the, you know, the customer, but there was those, those three levels. So what can salespeople do? How should they rehearse better? Mm -hmm. If it's not just straight memorization, what, what can they do to rehearse better? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Uh, and I wish more people would listen to this answer. <laughs> um, first of all, most salespeople jump too fast to memorize it. The goal is not to memorize it fast. That is never the goal. If you're an actor and you're doing a play, you have, you know, a uh, couple weeks, a month to get off, off book, right? Mm. Because what you're doing when you're, when you're reading it is first of all, of course, reading it, getting kind of familiar with it. And then the work starts with the, the process of associating meanings with what you're saying and trying out different, you know, uh, intentions or uh, you don't want to get, if you memorize too quickly, you get locked into a cadence and a, hmm. and a rhythm and sort of an artificiality. Hmm. Um, so if you start doing, you know, kind of that, just learning, you know, saying it and, you know, pieces of it in conversation and 
and playing with different intentions. Like, well, what if I said this and I wanted them to, you know, get excited about this? And um, what if I, um, what if I said this in response to an objection, right? And so it has a lot of flexibility to it. You've made it, uh, you know, you're, you're making it more sticky for yourself and you're also really starting to work it into your, your body and your, and your, your voice. And I think most people don't practice out loud enough. They're like, uh-huh. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And then they spit it out. And, you know, sometimes it's the first time they've heard it when they're, you know, practicing it with their team. And that's not how you memorize. It's just, it's very, it's a very physical back and forth process. Love it. Doom with your significant other, right? Yeah, you can do it with your significant other, drive them crazy. Absolutely. My <laughs> my uh, fiance at the time always knew my lines just as well as <laughs> I did. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, hey, as a RevOps person, I always ask about tech, technology. Uh-huh. Um, what technology would you recommend for sales reps uh, in terms of video uh, type of stuff? Zoom, Teams. But is there any other underlying technology to help through this process? Sure. You know, I think this is an interesting question and I, I don't want to minimize it, but I think we are so focused. We have, does anybody not have enough technology now? You know, I mean, it's Everyone like, has see, drunken tool confetti. Right, I right. That, but and I so, would go on, I think that's because the tools are leading the innovation as opposed to the companies looking at the buyer customer journey and buying mm. the tools to help them scale. I think right, the tools right. are, are ahead of where the, the companies are. In yeah, sense. yeah. Well, I think, you know, and I talk about in the book, I, I talk about what, what do you really need to connect with somebody through the camera? All right. So you need, first of all, I said, you know, good sound is almost more important than good video, right? I mean, you. Yeah, Carney, you hear that? <laughs> I left my microphone. I'm sorry. It's okay. Absolute worst. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. But I mean, people will put up with kind of subpar video for a little while, but if they can't really hear you or it's difficult, then you're going to lose them. Um, certainly having a, a webcam, an HD, you know, 1080 is, I think, you know, that's baseline. That's baseline. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, you know, having good lighting, um, what you want to think about is how can technology help me be seen and heard and um, communicate better? And so I need to be well lit. I need to, I, I want to look And what I, what I always stress is, is, you know, we're in an artificial environment, right? Mm-hmm. So anything we can do to de-emphasize the artificiality of it and look mm. real, right? Look like, you know, make your customer forget that you're talking through technology and think, feel like they're just sitting across from you having a cup of coffee. That's the experience that I think is most powerful and it's missing. And I can do that with, uh, with how I, you know, how I connect through the camera and how I, I carry myself and, um, and lighting can help that and sound and video. But, you know, in staging, having, um, you know, an, a nice background that maybe tells a little bit about you. But, you know, some of these artificial backgrounds, I think they work against you. I mean, think back because you guys have been in, you know, in sales for a while and, and I was too. Wouldn't you have killed to like be invited into a CEO's home? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And to do that, to have that opportunity to sort of break that barrier 
mm-hmm. on video um, and, and let them allow them to see you as a real person. Mm-hmm. Because we fought that for so many years, like, oh, it's just it's, oh, it's another salesperson, bring, you know, send them in. Right. And and not to take advantage of that, I think, is is silly. You, know, you can see, you know, Pete and Jamie choose the blurry background. I choose the, you know, the clear background. Uh, and sometimes we actually have a SAS holes, you know, logoed, you know, background. If I'm hearing you correctly, because of that personal connection you're trying to make, make yourself a little bit more vulnerable by showing the, showing your, your home. And, and yeah, you got to stage it a little bit. And if I'm hearing you correctly, you, if you can, you know, if you can, yeah, if, you're, so if your home situation yeah. allows for it, sh- you know, sh- share, let people into your home. It's, it, it helps connect is what you're saying. I, yes, absolutely. And, and it is all about like, not everybody can do that. I realize. And, yeah. and I would just say, if you do have to use an artificial background, use something very simple you know, as an actor, um, background is just that it's background. It's to support the, the main character. It's not the show, right? Mm -hmm. So don't make it the show. I've I've been on calls (laughs) with people who have like, you know, some lion about to eat them and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on and, and, you know, it's fun for a minute, but then it's just distracting and it just makes you, it just makes you view someone through a different lens. right? Right. I blurred my background because it looks like I'm in a booth at Chili's. <laughs> Are you? I'm at a weird You're not. <laughs> there you go, Julie. There you go. Uh, I'm at a WeWork, and it looks like you're in a Chili's booth. Uh, <laughs> so, so Julie, what do you do if the uh, other person won't turn the camera on? Oh yeah, that's a that's a big uh, problem for salespeople. You'd think we'd never spoke on the phone before the way people panic about that, right? It's like, oh my God, I can't see him. It's like, have you never made a phone call? But for some reason, it's entirely different. It is really as close to acting as you will get, talking to a camera and not being able to see another person. Actors do it all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a skill there. There's a skill on how we envision the other person and we speak to them and we envision them, not just I'll just put a picture, you know, static picture of them. No, you want to envision them smiling at something you said, if it was funny, you want to envision them looking interested. I would say, imagine the best possible reaction because that will bring out the best in you. Hmm. But because what happens is nine times out of 10, you know, salespeople tell me, I, I just, you know, I look at the camera, I just freak out. It's like, why do you freak out? Because I know they're not looking at me or they're looking at me like, you know, skeptical. It's like, why do you assume that people are having such a negative that they're just back there judging you because they don't have their camera on? You know, that doesn't, that doesn't serve you. It's probably not true. You know, people aren't as unpredictable as, you know, you think if you say something funny, they're probably smiling. If you say something interesting, they're probably going, huh, but we don't hear a lot of those little cues. The, the, you know, video doesn't pick it up as well. It's got the two way, you know, um, sound and, uh, and we don't see anything. So we just imagine stillness glaring at us. Like what a stupid thing he just said. Right. <laughs> so you really have to get comfortable because I have given presentations where, you know, I can't see anybody. And I just, you know, I imagine I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I imagine everybody is engaged and going out. Oh. And afterwards, um, you know, I get some feedback. It's like, Oh, that was fantastic. It's like, they, you know, 
customers aren't going to necessarily tell you that, but, but there is, they are the same person that is seated, sitting across from you that is behind your camera. So you have to kind of develop that confidence to, to speak to that person and see them there. Back to rehearsing, you know, the, the people that fumble around trying to find the share button or the sound doesn't work. And, you know, the old days we would send ourselves voicemails to hear what we sound like on the phone, leaving a message. Now you can record different pitches, share it with your boss. I don't think a lot of people do that. It just drives me crazy. Everybody thinks they're second city actors or just ad lib their way and they just give up <laughs> control. <you know? laughs> right. Right. Um, you mean as far as sending videos, the practicing their, they're not doing. You, yeah. You, you have 20 minutes. You can yeah. record 20 minutes and see if you get your message across in 20 oh, right. minutes. To, to um, practice, to record as practice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, I think the days of like fumbling around on video have come to a close. I mean, I think we were very patient with each other the first year, yeah. but mm-hmm. if this is your job, mm-hmm. um, not to say that technical things don't happen. I had something happen the other day that like, you know, you know, kicked me out of a meeting or something like, you know, mm-hmm. that stuff happens and people understand and you just kind of got to move on, but uh, really need to up your game. And there are too many variables going on to not know the basics. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think recording yourself, certainly to eliminate any of those, you know, those basics that you foundational things that you still need to work on, but also to understand how the other person sees you, how they experience you on their screen is really vital information. Nobody likes to do it. I mean, even as an actor, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, Oh, don't make me watch myself. Right. (laughs) Because right. all you can see are your flaws, but um, you know I talk about in the work in the book about how to how to review your yourself as a director, like and a, and a director is just how can I make this the best experience for the audience, right? Mm-hmm. It's just an objective, you know, what am I doing that is perhaps distracting from my message, taking away from it? What is what is supporting it? What might I be able to um, change that would help me connect more with my audience? And um, staying focused on those goals uh, can help salespeople from going down the rabbit hole of like, oh, I just look terrible on video and I can't believe, you know, right. they should never be on camera. And, you know, that's that's the hard part is being. OK, so being they turn the screen on. How, what what if they they're not paying attention to you? What what is the customer doing? That means they're not paying attention to. Are they perhaps looking at their screen is that not what you are doing when you're talking on the camera? You see. Right. So here's here's the thing. And and when I when I talk about reading body language, it's important to be able to in, you know interpret that body language in the environment you're in. Um, we are trained to sit in front of a screen and be in sort of receiving mode, right? Whether mm. we're whether it's a whether it's a TV, a movie our iPad, or, you know, we're not there to like, you know, engage. That's not what we've been trained to do for years and years. Mm. And so we sit in front of a computer and we instantly go into receiving mode, especially if I'm meeting with a salesperson and they're going to pitch me something. I'm not there to, you know, engage and be charming and um, make you feel connected. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're going to be looking at your screen. Just that is how they feel when you're looking at your screen. So when you see that customer look at their screen, 
they are looking at you most likely. Now, if there's some telltale signs that might mean they're, they are distracted, which it's more, it's more concerning to me when the eyes are going kind of sideways, because that means they're reading something as opposed Mm -hmm. to looking down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But I think you have to, we have to take all this with a grain of salt because most people do not have good on-screen behavior. And if you take those signs, like every time somebody looks down and you go, oh my God, they're not interested. They don't like this. You are going to be in a panic. Mm. And what happens is salespeople, they start rushing and then they start, you know, checking in every two seconds. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And they just create this whole, you know, nightmare scenario that they were trying to avoid. So here's one of my pet peeves when it comes to distractions on videos. What? Kids. I have too many kids. Oh. I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of companies when you first started, everyone was so like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe the kid!" And then it became the other side where it's almost like I would be in internal meetings, and somebody's working and they have a kid on their lap. I'm like, seriously? Like I get it that we're <laughs> at home, but I think you said it as a job. So I just want to say my number one pet peeve: I have four kids. They're loud and obnoxious and all of that. And I don't engage them to come sit on my lap and let's do a podcast together or let's talk in an internal call. For those of you listening at home, if you're on a call with me, don't have your kids in there unless you necessarily have to. I I get it. We can't avoid it at times, but we don't care how cute your kids are. (laughs) Yeah. Or the cat walking across the screen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I was on a call where a person was petting a cat. Like just, I was like, oh my gosh, I, am I talking to an evil villain? Julie, do you think that comes down to just communication and expectation setting? Hey, you know, uh, my daycare fell through today. Would you mind if my, you know, kids, you know, he's going to be or she's going to be loud uh, in the background. Would you mind if uh, if he or she, you know, sat on my lap during the call? You know, is that a matter of just like, let's yeah. let's talk it through or, you know, in Jamie's instance, Julie, he's basically talking about internal company meetings. Right. Is that a situation where the company should establish a policy for Jamie's pet peeve? But like, what? how do you feel about that? I mean, that's that's so touchy. It's such a right, touchy subject. Right. It is. It is. I'm only saying on this podcast, I'll never say it internally. So anyone listening for my company, ignore it. I think it's great. Cats out of the bag. Right. Seriously. Cats out of the bag. Um, Yeah, I think setting expectations is good. It's the Mm. same like, you know, when you are, if you're going to take notes, like, you know, as opposed to just looking down the whole time saying, hey, I want to be sure not to miss this. So I'm going to be taking some notes here, Mm -hmm. you know, or Mm -hmm. that's a great question. I want to be sure I get that right. Let me find it here. Okay. And then deliver it to the camera. And, and the same with any distractions. I feel much, you know, cause I might start to get annoyed. Like, well, is that, am I not important enough that you didn't, you know, have your kids with in their own room with somebody else or yeah, that's, I think that if you can, you can set expectations. I think that's best. Yeah. What are some of the top mistakes that you observed in 2021 top video mistakes mm. that you observed in 2021? Yeah, well, you know, we talked about some some of them. Certainly, the you know the the glaring lack of eye contact. Frankly, it's it's a it's a wonder that any of us feel connected at all with the right, amount of right. eye contact that's not right. happening. So so that's certainly at the top. Um, the other thing, you know, when I said people show up on screen uh, pretty passive, you know, that's just a behavior that 
uh, part of that on-screen, you know, that receiving mode that we fall into. Mm-hmm. And one thing I see salespeople doing a lot is ask a question and then they immediately answer their own question, right? <laughs> or because people are very passive on video, right? We found, you know, you've probably experienced that, but you have a meeting and you say a question and everybody's just like, sits there and it feels terrible as a, you know, as a presenter. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they answer their own question. Then you've just taught your audience that they don't have to participate. So um, understanding that people are more passive. And so you're going to have to allow that, you know, I say embrace that pause because there's a lot going on in that moment, because as a presenter, again, we think, Oh, nobody's going to answer this. Oh, they think it's a stupid question. They're gonna... No, there's actually something happening. The person is thinking, do I have an answer for that? What do I think about it? Do I have an answer? Should I answer this? Is my manager going to think it's stupid if I say this? Maybe Bob's, he's probably going to answer. All these things, negotiating, debating, deciding, mm-hmm. the pressure builds. Finally, somebody will answer it. But I will tell you the number one way to get your question answered on video, besides you got to wait, right, is to ask it to the camera, Right. Because if, again, if you ask it, if I say, um, so, you know, what's, uh, what's on your schedule today, <laughs> who do you think I'm talking to? <laughs> yeah. The floor, Jamie's kids, the floor, yeah, like I could, I could be talking sure. to any of you right now. Yeah. If I ask that to the camera, you know, so, so what do you have on your schedule today? Each of you probably thinks I'm talking to you, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. has their own personal experience on video. So you can use that to your advantage. Honestly, that that improves your response rate so dramatically. And it's such a simple thing to do. It's not easy, but it's simple to just ask it, you know, and hold your gaze there and somebody will answer. Really, in the world of uh, limited attention spans, the the videos seem to be getting shorter and shorter with shorts, reels, three minutes and under. How how do you, you use your videos to help you with your business or sales calls or appointments? Do you have a pre-call video, an ending video, a Mm. promotion video? How do you, do you do any of that? Or do you have any suggestions for us? Cause we're trying to figure it out. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, I do. I do some of all of that kind of depending, but mostly um, I do a lot of video tips and, you know, as a marketing tool, obviously, and to be helpful and, um, entice people to read the book and hire me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, those videos, like you said, they do, they are, you know, shorter, they, you know, everything's getting shorter. But the important thing is with video is to however you use it and all those purposes are, you know, can be helpful. I've seen great stats on all of those uses, but it's got to be, it doesn't have to be a perfect video. Like I think some people, you know, pressure themselves into like, you know, taking you know, making 10 takes until everything's just perfect. It's not about being perfect. Mm. It's about connecting um, really quickly and adding something of value and getting to the point. I would say cut to the chase video. You know, when the camera's on, you kind of got to start in the middle of the conversation. You can't, you don't have time to ramp up. And most salespeople or most people in general, when they get on camera, it usually takes about 20 seconds to really hit their, the right energy level, the right um, connection. And you Mm -hmm. can't do that. You have to 
Um, you have to do your work before you get on camera, get in that state, imagine yourself having that conversation with that person. You're just in the middle of conversation. It's like, Hey, so we have, I have this great idea. I wanted to run by you Uh, instead of like, hi, this is Julie. And I work for blah, blah, blah. That's like delete an email, right? They're they're going to crash it. I always say to reps, I say it multiple, beat the drum on value, not on your chest. Who cares who you are? Just as long as you have the value. Right. Right. Yeah, because likely, you know, by that point, people are going to know who you are. They can find out before they watch the video. Or mm-hmm. So uh, cut to the chase. Like, what is the most interesting part of what you have to say? Put it up front and start with that, because otherwise you don't have a chance. They're never going to see it, right? especially if they're busy people. So mm-hmm. um, and also think about even if you're doing a lot of videos you want to really form that connection. You want to think about you are talking to a person again, this is acting. And if I don't see that person in my mind's eye and I'm not, you know, talking to you and, and trying to connect. And so here's what I think. And, you know, I'm really hoping this, you know, resonates with you because I'd love to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and I'm not thinking of you individually. And I'm just talking to a bunch of people. It's going to be very, you know, so what I'd like to do is come in and talk to you. And, you know, I have some great ideas. And you're going to look like, you know, a robot, right? Mm-hmm. You have to really, vi- video is a very personal thing. So you have to personalize it for yourself. And, and everyone is going to an individual, no matter whether you use it a hundred times for everybody. Now, do you farm it out? Do you do it yourself? Uh, do you use like a Hootsuite, a one spot to distribute your videos for the new people out there that are trying to promote their brand? Um, yeah, so I do, I mean, I post a lot on LinkedIn and then I, I do, um, videos through bomb bomb and, uh, I've used one mob as well. I think they're good, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of good, good services. And I think people get really enamored with the the metrics and who watched <clears> it and all that, which is, which is good information. But it, again, video is such a personal thing that I, I see a lot of sales people get really crushed. Like, well, I made that video and nobody watched it, and, <laughs> you know? Um, and they quit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You get discouraged. And it's important to um, just, you know, not take everything so personally and just remember people are super busy yeah. and, you know, look, review and see if there was something maybe you could have done better or, you know, improved, gotten to the point, made it more interesting, made it, you know, been more, you know, personal. Um, but don't beat yourself. Don't use that as a tool to go, well, I'm not good at this. Right. <clears throat> is, is there any other takeaways out of your book? I mean, there's just so, so many nuggets there. Is there any, any other takeaways that we can uh, pick from, uh, from your, your new book? One thing I see a lot with salespeople and it's one of the, the bigger mistakes too, is, when we do get on camera, we talk about customers being passive and like looking uninterested. Mm-hmm. And that is a very typical face. And I call it RBF. And it's not bad. <laughs> it's, you could say it on this show. What's it, Actually, what's it stand for? Bad. It's resting business face. Resting business face. And it's very oh. blank. Right, boo. You can, you can say the other if you like. But it really is, that's how most people show up on screen. And that's how most salespeople look on screen. So, hmm. uh, you know, I'll be coaching a salesperson. I'll go, so that's going to save you a million dollars. And I'll stop and I'll say, now, is that good news or bad news? Because hmm. looking at your face, I really have no idea. Hmm. And so I always say, if your face has nothing to say, why are you on video? Right? Uh, are you just proving you're a person? Okay. 
but this is our real estate, right? If you're not using it to its full purpose, wow. Um, then you're missing the point, right? And and we're that's how you connect emotionally with people. Uh, you know, not like you need a mug for the camera, but we need to be more expressive, maybe more so than we were in person. Sure. Um, because this is, you know, your face is in their screen. That they are looking at your face much more than they would in person, where we've got this shared environment. So use that real estate to help you and to to further that connection. So avoid resting business face. Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> RBF. Fascinating. RBF. Fascinating. Well, Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My now, pleasure. what's the best way for the listeners to learn more about your connect with you? Yeah, you can check out my website at juliehansen, H-A-N-S-E-N dot live. And I've all kinds of videos and blog posts on all different things about you know, virtual selling and being on video and presentations and demos um, or connect with me on LinkedIn at Julie Hansen sales training. Got it. We'll have all the links in the podcast notes. Make sure we send all of our listeners your way, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to SAS Holes. On behalf of Jamie KG and myself, Pete, we thank you for listening. We ask that you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can always buy us a beer on Patreon slash SAS Holes. We thank you for listening. Cue the music. <laughs>